Welcome to Filmy Happy Hour, the podcast where two professors unwind and talk about movies. Hi, Zebanissa. Hi, Gwen. This is our second episode of uh, Filmy Happy Hour. Yeah, we really appreciate all the love that we got on the first episode, and uh, we're looking forward to keeping the conversation going. Should we do a bit of a recap on what's happening around the world? Uh, everything is on fire. And all that's left is like the four horsemen of the apocalypse and the plague of, I think even plague of locusts has already happened. Yes. So basically it's just, you know, off the cliff. Welcome to Film Me Happy Happy. I've been, you know, following up on what's happening in the film world and people are getting back um, to set. People are to sets. The people are back to recording. Everybody's wearing their masks. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Unfortunately, numbers are also rising. Um, COVID cases are rising all over the world. So we hope that they won't be shut, you know, these sets won't be shut down anytime soon. In, in Lahore, I know the cinemas have, I think, officially reopened, but um, I haven't quite been brave enough to go. I think you, you were in the same boat, but maybe some, someday. We hope one day very soon we all can go. Yeah, I miss it. I miss it so much. It's one of the top things that I miss from before the before the pandemic. We all know there have been silver linings to like not having to see people <laughs> or leave your house. But um, not being able to go to the cinema has been rough. And for us, the other part that's been quite rough is that we're teaching online. Ooh, don't even get me started. <laughs> online teaching. Ah. It's tough. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, the one thing, if there are any students, any students, not just ours, uh, listening to this, the one thing to please remember is that um, your teachers are in this with you, and most of us are decent human beings, and we want to be sympathetic, and we want to do things to help you. So if you're struggling with any components of, of online learning, like, please just talk to your teachers we are more than sympathetic because we're in the exact same boat as you are. And so with that, Zewanissa, do you want to introduce today's topic? So today's topic are our top myths about Pakistani cinema. I want to preface this by saying that, you know, as an, as an anthropologist, right? Um, anthropology has 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 a lot to say about myths and mythology and sacred narratives. For anthropologists, these are really little um, packets of ideologies, right? So the idea behind a myth is it may or may not be true, but they do carry important ideas. They perform certain ideas that people have about cinema here. Um, and so that's what we hope to get into. Yeah, so our first myth is nobody likes Pakistani films. Gwen, do you like Pakistani films? I do, but when I tell people I work on cinema, right, people will have lots of opinions about why the cinema is this way or that way, um, what's wrong with Pakistani cinema, but when I ask them, they'll say, oh, but I don't watch. I don't watch any of these movies. I've never seen a Punjabi film. So what is this thing going on? There's a lot of hate directed towards Pakistani films. Uh, and the idea is that maybe like cinema is, is somehow so far into decline. Nobody is there watching it. There's no audience left. Everybody would rather be watching Game of Thrones. This is a really, really prominent 
idea about Pakistani cinema. Where do you think that comes from before we get into whether or not it's true? It's kind of like closet Bieber, Bieber fans, you know, um, where people won't admit it and they, they that they listen um, to certain music or that they watch uh, certain films. I think um, I think people are just they like to have an opinion whether they whether they are informed about it or not. And to a certain extent, I think it's cool to uh, dismiss Pakistani cinema and Pakistani dramas and to criticize it. So I think that's one of one thing that both you and I have faced working on Pakistani film. So I think it's a bit of a bit of snob snobbery, maybe. I totally agree with the idea of snobbery. There's a lot of pressure to use the entertainment you consume in order to look cool. Um, so I, if I'm talking, if somebody asks me, what are you watching these days on Netflix? More people are likely to say, oh, I'm watching, um, what was that new, new, all of my professor friends were saying like, oh, you have to see black because it's like all about, um, you know, it's all about philosophy and this and that. But I know some of those same people are watching like really dumb shows and they just don't want to talk about it. So there are ways that we perform coolness through media consumption and something about Pakistani cinema or about uh, maybe Pakistan's relationship to the global cinema cultures has made Pakistani cinema seem really uncool. So there's that thing. I do think there are a lot of people who choose not to watch Pakistani cinema because it's got this stigma of being uncool, but I don't think there are as many of those people as people think there are. Because when a new film comes out with like actual stars, people are at the theater. People go to the theater on Eid. And when I was working on Punjabi cinema, I had so many people tell me, Punjabi cinema is dead. The industry's totally finished. Film in Nehibani. Um, and then I went to Lakshmi Chok and there were still cinemas full of people, especially on Eid, but even, you know, random afternoon shows during the week, there would be dozens of people in the cinema. So I think when we say people don't watch Pakistani cinema, we got to be really careful. Like there's a class dimension to it. There's a gender dimension to it. Um, there's issues of like access. There's a difference between watching films in the cinema and at home. So like, it's really more complicated than just, oh, it's not popular. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Netflix, this week I've been watching Gilmore Girls and Big Bang Theory, I have to admit. Um, I have not been watching anything super serious because that's what I do for work. So um, rom-coms and silly TV shows uh, are my go-to are my saviors, really. And and I was watching Downton Abbey. I think I, I was telling you, right, Gwen? So yeah, I think a lot of people do watch when films come out, when new films come out. But I think there's the, it's been a bit difficult to break this um, idea that Pakistani cinema is a poorer version of Indian cinema. Hollywood and Bollywood have had such an impact on the way we think that we either want to put Pakistani cinema in relation to that as opposed to uh, separate from that and look at it as a separate um, entity altogether. You know, there's also that factor, I think. There's like a whole ecology, right? And just like we talked about in the last, uh, in our last podcast, there are so many different cinemas in Pakistan. And then the other thing is like people's viewing practices are so complex. I was talking to a student the other day 
who wants to base her research project on the top 10 viewed things on Netflix in Pakistan. And there's a really interesting combination of Pakistani content and of course like Ertugul is up there, I can't pronounce it. Um, and then there are some like Bollywood films with very like sexy cover art, you know, <laughs> and so, and so the, and like Game of Thrones, I don't even know what was up there, but it was a really interesting thing. And so I think um, that's a really important point that now that most consumption, even before all of the pandemic and the shutdowns, most of people's consumption of cinema, of films, of television, right, is all in the home. Yeah, Arturo's been on the top 10 Netflix favorites for the top watched Netflix um, shows or films on Pakistan for a very long time. It's, it's kind of, it's consistently stays up there in the top 10. And I think uh, for a little while, there was another Turkish drama that came up as well. And so you get this mix, like you said, you get this mix of Hollywood, Bollywood, but international films as well. They've been maybe, I've noticed a little drop in the Bollywood um, list on Netflix, except unless a new film comes out. And I think we can move from there, we can move on to our next topic. What do you think, Gwen, on, on, the, on Punjabi cinema? With regards to Punjabi cinema, the things that I heard most commonly, right, when I would be interviewing people and asking them about the cinema was that it's unrealistic, which I just, I love that critique of a film. And of course, cheesy and vulgar, that these aren't family films. So um, these are very interesting, uh, interesting like accusations to level at a film industry. Is everyone said, do you wanna say anything about films being realistic? I love that. Um, yes, films, <laughs> films not being realistic is probably the oddest um, criticism a film can get because of course it's not realistic. Half the time, these the, the, they're made up worlds, they're made up stories, and they're meant to take you into a different world. If all we had were so-called realistic films, it would be really boring because we'd see exactly what's happening in our world all the time, right? Fantasy, uh, whether it's um, melodrama, or a musical, these take you into a whole different world. I mean, Harry Potter is probably the least realistic films you could watch, but nobody says Harry Potter is really unrealistic. Oh my God, yes. This is the thing. Like nobody has ever said that about Star Wars or about <laughs> Harry Potter or about The Matrix, right? Like nobody's, oh, I'm not gonna watch that. It's so unrealistic. No, and of course we know that that you know even cinema that embraces realism is also um, it's still subjective. It's still a point of view. Even documentary cinema, right? Because of editing, because of um, camera perspective, all of these things, like it's still telling a story that comes from a side. So the idea of realism as something that a popular commercial cinema should aspire should aspire to is is odd but i think it has to do a lot with a certain uh attraction towards a glossy uh digital aesthetic so i th i think to my mind because um a large part of the realism thing comes from the fact that Punjabi cinema maybe didn't have the most up-to-date technology. Uh, many of the filmmakers 
you know, until recently, filmmakers really didn't have access to digital equipment. And so there's a sort of a, a look that the film has when it's on actual film stock where it's a lot grainier. Um, the sound is maybe not as crisp, right? And so I think that might be one thing that people are responding to, but to call it unrealistic is, is quite silly. And then the idea of vulgarity. I feel like, again, this is a huge, huge double standard uh, that's being leveled against Punjabi cinema. What do you think? Okay, so I, I want to push back on the unrealistic thing a little bit. Well, not push back. I just want to bring one thing up. You know, yes, people don't run around the city singing to each other, but I bet they wish they could. And if you go to any park, there are people who definitely think they're in some romantic film or another. Children pretend to be Harry Potter all the time. I mean, my nephew has regular fights with dinosaurs. So imagination and creativity and realism, again, I think it's a, it comes back to a snobbery of a certain type of art house film aesthetic, which people of a certain um, maybe social or uh, social class maybe expect from a film. So Zindabhag uh, is, yes, it is, uh, you know, people find that to be very realistic as far as it, it is concerned, it's Punjabi film and as far as it's concerned as the story it tells. But what about the music in it? When people start singing, when people start, um, you know, in, you know, there's a scene in the kitchen where um, these waiters are singing about, about uh, you know, class and their place in life. So all film, like Gwen said, all film at some point has um, aspects that are not very, very realistic. And that's the beauty of film. Um, it asks you to, you know, believe something, then believe something more and allow yourself to go into another world. So and I think when it comes to vulgarity, again, that's that's your everybody has a different definition for vulgarity. We're okay with seeing things in Hollywood or even Bollywood, but we're not okay seeing the same things in Pakistani cinema. Uh, cinema. I don't know. Is that because it's not it, we do, it's not acceptable? I'm not really sure. Why is it okay to watch? I mean, some of the films, some of the top ten Netflix shows or films, by the way, are very racy. And yet people get very upset when similar things are shown in, in Pakistani films. What do you think, Gwen? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I, I'm not going to say that, you know, everything that goes on in a Punjabi film is totally G-rated. Like there are some, you know, sexy dances and there are suggestive scenes. But at the same time, all of these films are passed by the Islamic censor board, right? Let's not forget. Um, and the point about comparison with Hollywood or Bollywood or other cinemas and that double standard is really, really important here. So why is it offensive to have a girl in a skimpy outfit dancing in a Punjabi film, but it's not offensive if it's in a Hindi film, right? So that, that thing is um, very hard to wrap my head around, honestly, even, even now. And I, I don't know if it has something to do with the the language or again it's just a critique that's been leveled against uh punjabi films for so many years that um that now it's kind of just like part of what you say about punjabi films it's just part of that discourse but um i'll never forget like one of my favorite images 
from when I was doing my field work is the, I was taking pictures of film posters in Lakshmi Chowk in Lahore. And I, um, I noticed that someone had on these big, big posters, you know, 10, 10 feet tall posters, um, <clears throat> someone had taken a Sharpie and colored in, so it was a woman in a skimpy top with a bare midriff, and someone had taken a Sharpie and colored in her, uh, her like bare stomach and her bare arms and her cleavage up to her neck with a black marker. And she's wearing like a sparkly bra, right? Um, so all that did was make the sparkly bra make much more prominent. So <laughs> instead, of, instead of like hiding anything, it actually emphasized the parts of her body um, that this person had maybe found problematic, right? So it, that question of censorship or um, how we deal with vulgarity in different ways, maybe just ends up emphasizing the things that people are supposedly offended by, right? So there's also that kind of question. Well, yeah, I mean, and the, the example you gave, I think uh, many of our listeners in Pakistan might recall when, I don't know if it's still, I don't, haven't seen it that often recently, but when you have used to have these, uh, you know, fa fashion uh, magazines, and they would be, you know, they would marker out certain parts, making it so much more clearer what is actually going on. They're bringing so much more attention to to the image that probably would not have been if if they hadn't colored it in. So, so yeah, I think. And and Gwen mentioned the censor board. So the Pakistani censor board. We have uh, the Punjab censor board, the Sindh censor board. A federal censor board, and I'm not. We, we, that's again a full other conversation. But films that are coming through are have been approved by the censor board, and again, I just I think that you know you, you'll see a transition. So in Indian cinema, you saw how before when a couple came close to each other and were about to engage in a kiss, either the hair would fall in front or a flower. You remember that one, the flower coming up? I remember actually, I was living in Lucknow in 2006. And I remember when Hrithik Roshan and Aishwarya, I think had an on-screen kiss in Doom 2, maybe it was Doom or Doom 2. <clears throat> and I saw it in the theater um, and people lost their damn minds over this. It wasn't like a big makeout session or anything. It was a fairly normal kiss, but because this thing up until that point had been so unheard of and it had just been like literally like flowers touching or like a pan of, you know, the Swiss Alps or whatever. So the theater went crazy. Like people jumped out of their seats and were hollering, you know, it was really, it was really insane. And now I feel like that kiss would be pretty tame for, most Hindi cinema. Oh yeah, that I mean, it is very tame compared to what you see now. But again, Punjabi cinema would be held to a different standard. And I think that's where we come down to. So is Punjabi cinema vulgar and cheesy? And uh, are there, listen, is it, 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 there may be things that are unrealistic about it or cheesy or vulgar. Is it different from anything else you see in that sense? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's it's just really unfair to level that against Punjabi cinema when every cinema has those things in it. And 
that's kind of what we like. I mean, people watch rom-coms and people watch, you know, Game of Thrones and those have unrealistic, cheesy and vulgar elements in them. Uh, and that's kind of why we like them. So shall we move on to some myths about new Pakistani cinema, which well, is kind of your wheelhouse? New Pakistani cinema, all right. Um, so one thing I hear often, and I'm gonna combine the next, the, these two myths about new Pakistani cinema. They are copy of Bollywood, copies of Bollywood, or they're glorified Pakistani TV dramas. First of all, let me ask you all a question and I want you all to think about this. And Gwen, I want you to maybe answer it for me. Isn't, what isn't, what isn't a copy of something if you really want to make it a copy of something? Are all, are the, Bolly, are the Bollywood films not copy or, uh, are they not inspired by something else? Are Hollywood films all um, absolutely 100% original without any inspiration or uh, by anything else? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's a super important point, right? <clears throat> so we, um, if, if people out there have studied anything about folklore or anything about comparative literature, we know that there are particular narrative themes that cut across cultures and times and places, heroes and villains and love triangles. You know, these, these are kind of universal classic themes that go from, you know, all the way to Sanskrit drama to Shakespeare to Patani Kya Kya, right? So um, that, that, now, I mean, there's kind of two things and I'd like you to talk about the second one, especially. So one thing is, okay, the idea that New Pakistani cinema like copies stories, to which I would say Hindi cinema copies so many stories from like, for example, Tamil cinema or Hollywood. Hollywood is copying stories. Like, I'm not interested in copying stories. Like, I don't think that's a really great critique of any cinema industry. And actually, I don't think it happens that much in New Pakistani cinema anyway. So like that myth is busted. Zevanessa, what do you think though about the critique that the visual style of new Pakistani cinema, or you know the way the songs are shot, maybe, or the colors, or the kind of again like crisp digital look. What do you think about the critique that that is somehow copying Bollywood? Let's remember one thing. Before 1947, this was one cinema. There may have been regional cinemas within the cinema, but it was one cinema, and therefore. It had, um, they shared a lot of similar aesthetics, whether it's historical, whether it's linguistic, whether it is cultural. So why are we saying one is greater than the other and therefore copied by the other? So that for me is the first issue that I have with this. Second, I think, Today, digital films and production of films, they, they require a certain um, sophistication that, that audiences have become used to. The same criticism that these are films are copies of Bollywood films, if they did not look like that, people wouldn't go watch them. They've become so used to Bollywood films and the way that the glossy look of the Bollywood film that they expect Pakistani films to do the exact same thing. And so I think that 
audiences are being are getting what they want and criticize that for being a copy of, of something else. Hollywood has been inspired by Hong Kong martial art films. The Ring was a Japanese um, horror film. Um, we have many, many examples of this. Boy meets girl, boy and girl fall in love. Someone goes against them and doesn't want, doesn't think that they should be together. And then they struggle for the entire film to be together. That's not a copy of Bollywood. That is a universal story, especially a South Asian story. No love story in this part of the world or really anywhere would be a love story if somebody didn't oppose the couple. Otherwise they meet, fall in love, it's 15 seconds, maybe one minute and the film is over. So certain factors, yes, are very similar. But I, I definitely think that when the production quality and all of these things come into it, audiences want to see that. And therefore, a certain level of, of drama and a certain level of uh, visual appeal and a certain level will be common because that's also common culturally for what people want to see, what people are interested in. Yeah, agreed. I think um, Bollywood does not get to have a monopoly on synchronized dances set in a wedding. Like I think we see that all across the region and that is something that people relate to and connect to and that's a great thing. Um, and who doesn't like a fun Mendy song or whatever? Go to any Mendy. The dance is copied directly from the movie. Yeah, it's a, I mean, thank God I've only ever had to be in a Mendy dance one time and never again. But yeah, it's a huge thing, right? And there's no way that like one cinema industry gets to say that's ours, right? This is a fully like cross South Asian phenomenon. Zavina, so what about the idea that uh, new Pakistani cinema is just basically a TV drama on steroids? TV drama on steroids, yeah. I think Pakistani, the Pakistani screen um, landscape is very interesting because it's probably the most um, integrated in the sense that if you look at known uh, industries like Hollywood or Bollywood, there isn't too much overlapping, maybe now more so with Netflix, but there isn't too much overlapping between TV actors and film actors. So TV actors tend to remain on TV and film actors tend to be on, on film. Um, many of them start off in TV maybe and move to film. But in Pakistani films, your, our actors move back and forth. Our, our television dramas are huge here, right? So a lot of our actors are in both TV and film. And I think that plays a certain role in it because people are so used to seeing these people on, on TV and when they watch them in the cinema, uh, they, they kind of imagine this to be a drama as well. So I think that that's one part of it. The second part though, I have to say, as much as I love Pakistani television dramas, there is a lot of crying. Women cry a lot and they don't cry so much in, in, on film. I mean, if they did, it'd be a 14 hour long film because 14 episodes are often spent with the woman crying. Uh, I do say that I don't think that it, they are glorified uh, or, or, or television dramas on steroids, but the melodrama factor is definitely there. The stories are very similar. One happens over maybe 20 episodes, the other happens over two hours, three hours. There is a similarity in stories. There's a similarity in 
um, actors, and then also production companies, right? So some production companies, television production companies have film, uh, film production houses. So yeah, there is definitely an overlap in aesthetic. Do you, do I, do I think that there are TV dramas on the big screen? Absolutely not. The pacing has to be so different. The editing has to be so different. The cinematography has to be so different um, when you're, when you're dealing with a big screen. Right. And, uh, and I, I think it's not necessarily a bad thing that we have, um, you know, writers who are writing for film and television, and we have actors that do both. And um, I think it's kind of a weird notion that those worlds should be so separate. I don't really, I don't, I mean, I, I guess that's the way it is maybe in some other places, but, um, but, but I don't, I don't understand why that should be like a fundamental truth that, oh, either you're a film actor or cameraman or whatever, or you work in television. It's an odd, odd opposition. Yeah, first of all, people have to make money, right? Let, let's let's be honest and admit that our uh, industry, our, our uh, the New Pakistani cinema film industry right now is not producing enough films to keep people fully employed. Especially now with COVID, um, it's going to have a much far reaching uh, impact. But at the same time, I think it's going to be changing everywhere because look at Netflix, right? Netflix now um, has a lot of actors going into series as well, Hollywood actors going into series um, as well. So I think this idea of a clear division between film and television is going to become less and less. So I think, should we move on to Punjabi cinema is dead? Punjabi cinema is dead? I heard, what? Gwen, I heard Punjabi cinema is dead. You know, I have heard that too. I've heard that from many people. I heard it while I was doing ethnographic research in the Punjabi cinema industry and working with people who are making Punjabi films. So yeah, this is a thing people say, it's crazy. Industry, uh, they'll say things like Punjabi film industry right? Um, no Punjabi films are being made. And it's like provably untrue because films are being released. I think behind this might be the idea that Punjabi cinema dominated Pakistani screens for a few decades. And um, it began to uh, take less and less of that market share uh, in the early 2000s after the death of Sultan Rahi, um, particularly in 1996, after the digitization of cinemas, which is something we touched on last time as well, the market share for analog Punjabi films did go down. However, in recent years, there is a new trend of digital Punjabi films. And these are kind of separate from new Pakistani cinema. Um, so new Pakistani cinema, as Zebunessa will tell you, is um, more or less primarily based in Karachi. A lot of the people who work in it uh, also work in the TV industry. So it's kind of that that bubble is down there. Um, and but in in and around Lahore, um, and from what I hear also in cities like Faisalabad and Gujranwala, there are these kind of independent filmmakers um, springing up who are, you know, kind of DIYing new Punjabi films, feature length digital Punjabi films that then have their afterlife, not necessarily in cinemas, but on YouTube and through um, selling of USBs or uh, DVDs or, uh, they circulate kind of digitally through all these different pathways. So it's, it's 
neither right nor fair to say that Punjabi cinema is dead. Oh, and of course, there are international co-productions going on. So uh, many Pakistani Punjabi actors um, are getting work, or at least a few notable examples are getting work in the Indian Punjabi industry and filming abroad, filming in London or the Emirates. So you have all these kind of different ways that Punjabi cinema still, still goes on, even if maybe the same style of film isn't being made uh, or the same equipment isn't being used or they're not necessarily shooting in like body studios on Multan Road. Uh, but even then, th there still is, um, there still is a tradition of, of Punjabi cinema that's going on. And so if somebody says, oh, Pakistani cinema is dead, maybe what that means is I'm too cool to watch Pakistani cinema. I don't really give a hoot about the cinema that's being made in my country because I think it's cooler to consume media only from Hollywood, maybe an Indian film or maybe not if I'm super nationalist. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's definitely more revealing um, about that person's attitude than reflective of any on the ground reality because the people who say that are people who actively dislike Pakistani cinema anyway, you know, actively dislike uh, and it's the same with the critiques of, of new Pakistani cinema. And in my experience, I'm maybe Zayvon in a second speak to this as well. The people who hate the hardest on either new Pakistani cinema or Punjabi cinema or Pashto cinema, right, are the people who just maybe don't like film or again want to perform that coolness that I'd rather be watching House of Cards or something. Yeah, I think I think everybody gives a hoot in Gwen's words. I think people give a hoot, but they uh, want to be cool and pretend they don't. Um, and so too many cool people around, man. Be a little less cool and watch these films. Did you, did you like my very cool self-censorship there? I like your very cool hoot. <laughs> give a hoot. <laughs> everybody should give oh, a, Lord. everybody should give a hoot. Okay, yeah. of giving a hoot, let's move on to our final, final myth, which is Pakistani cinema should be more like Iranian cinema, Turkish cinema, Hollywood cinema. Uh, I give it a big fat thumbs down. Gwen, do you give a hoot? I do not give a hoot about people who say this. I think this is another myth we can 100% we can bust. Um, I mean, I would say to those people, who the hoot are you to make such a claim about, you know, hoot about off, cinema? Man. Who are you to decide? Yeah, go, go and hoot yourself. Um, because Pakistani cinema reflects the tastes of the people who make it and the people who watch it. And those people, I mean, listen, I love Iranian cinema and Iranian cinema has produced many classic masterpieces and um, you know there are great comedy films and great tragic films and great surrealist films, but I have never seen a Mehndi dance in, in an Iranian movie, right? Um, or a Turkish movie. And I, I don't, I don't. That's fine. Maybe I mean Iranians don't need to have a Mehndi dance in their in their movies, but there's nothing wrong with Pakistanis having that. And wouldn't it be so boring if everything was alike? Watch Iranian films if you enjoy them. Watch Turkish dramas and Turkish films if you enjoy them. Watch 
Punjabi films and Hollywood, why would we all want to be the same? It would be so boring. And then nobody would absolutely give a hoot about film anymore if we were all the same. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think it's important also to address the slight paranoia. Uh, I mean, it's not a coincidence that people like really often, even in the film industry, when I was talking to people in the film industry, filmmakers were very enthusiastic about um, making movies like Iranian movies and Turkish movies. This, this would be a plan, right? And I think it's not a coincidence that people want to differentiate themselves from Bollywood. Um, you know, and I inadvertently brought up the example of the Mendy dance. But I, I think that um, there is a way that people want to emulate certain other Muslim countries. Um, or, and they think that customs, many people, not everybody, but many people feel like customs like Mendy is not Islamic or certain things about singing and dancing so much in films. That's also like maybe not you know, that Islamically permissible for some people. And so they look to Iranian cinema because it's, it's um, you know, heavily censored in certain ways. Uh, not that it's necessarily a regressive or a conservative cinema, I don't want to say that, but because in some people's eyes, it's a more Islamically appropriate cinema, right? So I think that strain of thought is also really, really um, important to recognize in this desire to be more like Iranian uh, or more like Turkish drama. I mean, look at the Ertegrul phenomenon, right? That, that, you know, because it's explicitly about a certain kind of Islamic history, um, that's why it's so popular. So I, I think that strain is really, um, really important too. But I think what Atro is actually, you know, it's a national project, project right? It's, it's a national project um, from, from Turkey, but also Turkish dramas and Turkish films and uh, Iranian films are very, very progressive as well. So you can't take one aspect of it and say that's how we should be when the whole thing is made up of many different perspectives. And what I think is important is for us to be much more open to different ideas, to have uh, co-productions, to, uh, to, to accept diversity and say, you know, it would be wonderful to be able to watch all these films here and not to prefer one over the other on how we should be. Pakistani cinemas ha should have their own uniqueness, which they do. And the criticism that often they get is either because they're, they have something that's unique to them and people don't like it, or they're too much like something else. So I think this argument that the Pakistani cinemas should be more like others um, is actually the exact same argument that goes for the criticism against Pakistani cinema. So I think we should definitely encourage um, a lot more diversity, not just in, in, in what local cinemas make, but what audiences watch as well. That's all we have for our myths. Um, do you have any myths, guys, that you want to share with us? We will put up a, um, a Facebook page or a Twitter account that you can reach us in our description soon. Yeah, we will happily hoot slash bust your myths uh, about cinema because there's tons more that we don't have time, time yeah, to let, deal with. Let us know if you give a hoot about something and we'll bring it up here next time. So uh, class is dismissed. Go enjoy something spicy. Something cheesy. And something, something filmy. filmy. <laughs>